0: I am here live on the scene at the bottom of the 22-foot well that little baby Jessica McClure fell down. Now, what started as a local story in Midland, Texas, turned into an international obsession with seeing if little baby Jessica would be rescued before she succumbed to the elements. Will she? Let's find out how this precocious infant ended up destroying the way we receive news today. Baby Jessica on this week's This Was a Thing, 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 Thing.
1: This was a thing. Whoa! This was a thing. Whoa! The movie cruising with Al Pacino. Whoa! Cabbage Patch Dolls and Teddy Ruxpin. McRib and Share Struck Oscar win. That was a thing. This was a thing. Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. Today's
0: episode, we are talking about the Baby Jessica saga. Now, I want to be very clear, this is Baby Jessica McClure, as there are two Baby Jessicas in the news, and I'm sure we will cover the second Baby Jessica at some point down the line. Do you know about the second Baby Jessica, Raymond Hebel? I can't say I know much about either Baby Jessica. I know Baby Sinclair. Oh, from the dinosaurs? Yes. Can I hear the quote? Not the
1: mama, not the mama.
0: Now, let's imagine Nathan Lane auditioned for the role.
1: Not the mama, not the mama.
0: Good, very good. Thank you, Mr. Lane. So you don't know either Baby Jessica is what I'm hearing? Uh, no, uh, not okay. personally or story-wise. There's, there's two Baby Jessicas. There's a Baby Jessica who fell down a well. And oh, that's,
1: okay, the Baby, okay, down that's the well. That's what we're yes. talking okay. about today. I, I know, I know the,
0: the reference. Now, this was a thing because while Baby Jessica was rescued, spoiler alert, and has gone on to lead a healthy nondescript life, it's not so much Baby Jessica herself who changed the world as it was the attempts to rescue her. And the aftermath, I'm going to be honest with you, when I was doing, before I went into research on this, I was like, oh, what's going to be really interesting are all the attempts to get this girl out. And honestly, thank first of all, thank God she got out with minor damage. But the story is like everything before this moment, before she's out of the well, and everything after the well. Does that make sense or no?
1: Yeah. The well part is like, okay, yeah, she was down there, you know. Yeah, but it's she like. She had some Rice Krispie Treats. And she was lovely. Yeah. She she found a bodega you down f- there. You should see the wallpaper she put up. She had a great eye for Paisley,
0: baby Jessica did. <laughs> and it actually went with, like, the stone and the water. Did you ever see the uh, Property Brothers episode where they did baby Jessica's well? <laughs> And we're going to leave Drew down there. Now, this room is really tough. It's uh, six inches wide, uh, 20 to 20 feet deep, vaulted ceilings. (laughs) Now, the nice thing is, is you will not be able to hear your neighbors or civilization. (laughs) I'm sorry, baby Jessica. (laughs) I apologize. Because if it wasn't for baby Jessica, we would not have the 24-hour news cycle. Thanks. Honestly, baby Jessica, get your shit together, because look what you've given us. And today everyone thinking they can have an opinion and personal involvement in the lives of real people which is what's going to happen to everyone involved with baby jessica after she gets out of the well so honestly folks i went into this thinking i'm going to cover how like the rescue mission and stuff like that none of that to me is as interesting as what came because of her falling down the well and what became because of her getting out of the well if that all makes sense now this was not the first time something like this had happened. The first uh, the first big national story where someone fell was a gentleman by the name of Floyd Collins. So little baby Jessica was not the first person to capture the attention of a public desperate for a feel-good hero story. So in 1925, there was a cave explorer. There is a musical as well. Adam the, Gettle. Yes. There was a cave explorer by the name of Floyd Collins, and he was trapped in a Kentucky cave for two weeks while people tried to rescue him. Now, as he lingered away, William Burke Skeets Miller, a small time reporter Skeet, with, Skeet, Skeet, Skeet. with a great name, was able to communicate with Collins and interview him in the cave. And eventually, he won a Pulitzer Prize for his efforts in journalism. Okay. Now, Miller's reports with Floyd were sent to newspapers across the country, actually across the world. Uh, bulletins were read on the newfangled radio. And Collins' plight was such a media watershed that people from all across the country traveled to the caves to see the rescue of Floyd Collins and also sell some good old Floyd Collins merchandise (laughs) because nothing says tragedy like commercialism. I got socks. Now, sadly, Floyd did not survive, but he was an adult and he went into the cave voluntarily. He knew what he was doing. Baby Jessica on the other hand, is a different story. So she we're... was not a spelunker. She was not a spelunker. On October fourteenth, nineteen eighty-seven, in Midland, Texas, two weeks after I was born. Is that true? Yeah, you could have, have been day. baby Jessica.
1: Yeah, September thirtieth. Wow. So this is this is within my 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 lifetime. Your mom would have been watching this. Oh yeah, she'd been like, not my baby, not my baby. Ray, go get the well covered up in the backyard.
2: <laughs>
0: Your dad, Ray. Yeah, my yeah. dad, Ray. I'm um, Ray the second. Ray the second. Going back October 14th, 1987, before the Hebles are expecting a little bundle of joy that's going to change the world. Just after. Just after. Because oh oh, you were born September 30th. Yeah. yeah. I'm having rice formula at this point. I understand. Thank you so much for the chronology. A little 18-month-old girl, she was 18 months, named Jessa McClure, was playing in her aunt's backyard. A safe place to be, except for the 22-foot-deep Eight inch wide well in the backyard that was just not covered. Now this was a daycare center. Uh, The mom and the aunt uh, ran a daycare center for local kids. Jessica and four other children were being supervised by Jessica's mother Sissy, and Sissy did what a lot of other people have to do. She went inside to take a phone call. As Jessica was running along in the backyard, she fell through the eight inch opening in the ground and went down the well twenty two feet below ground. No one knows exactly how she was able to fall, as the opening had been covered with a large rock so sissy's on the phone she hears children the children screaming and she rushes outside and the other set kids say to her that her daughter has disappeared and so she realizes that baby jessica has fallen down the well shaft she immediately calls the police for help and just like that the curious baby jessica went down the well and as she fell cnn went up 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 in the ratings had the well been covered or baby Jess had not been so inquisitive or had Sissy not picked up the phone then they all might have spared us the 24 hour news network which led to the 24 hour news cycle which has led to the destruction of america yeah all because mom had to take a phone call hope it was important i wonder who was on the line i know right first of all there are lots of working parents lots of parents that get distracted this is it's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Now, let's talk a little bit about what I was just on my soapbox about with the 24 hour news cycle. Prior to CNN, which is standing for the cable news network, news was pretty much consumed the same way in America. You would get your morning paper, then you go on about your day without any knowledge of what was really happening in the world, your country or even your town until you watch the news later on that evening. And that all pretty much just added sound and visual to what you had read earlier in the day and breaking news, which is now like commonplace, the interruption of regular scheduled programming that was only reserved for major news events. Like, when they assassinated John Kennedy or Martin Luther King. But the 70s brought some riveting news coverage and uh, a a legitimate breaking story that was consistently developing and that was the Watergate trials or the hearings, I should say. Now, they interrupted daytime programming and they were riveting because you were waiting to hear like what the president know and when did he know it and basically what you were waiting for in your season finale of the Watergate trials was did he know what was going on, right? But it wasn't necessarily visually interesting It's a bunch of guys in suits sitting behind tables and talking. Then one of the issues that all three networks had to deal with this time, because remember, there's no cable. It's CBS, NBC, ABC was like, how much do we actually put on the air? Because you have to then sacrifice programming, which means you're sacrificing advertising. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that they were struggling with, like on the Watergate one was like, this is really interesting and it's great for democracy, But literally, there's a day where there's days like where nothing is happening and we're losing money televising that. Sure. So they were very judicious in terms of like how much coverage they wanted to give something if a future major event came up. And one did. And that was the Iranian hostage crisis. And now there was a story that could unite a country at war with itself. So for those of you who need a a refresher, on November 4th, 1979, 52 U.S. citizens were taken hostage in Iran at the embassy. This was a crisis. I'm going to talk from a media perspective, and it might sound shallow and and uh, callous, and I apologize for that, but this was a crisis for the news media that would be of epic proportions because would the hostages be killed? Would they overpower their kidnappers? Would the U.S. go to war? Now, as we know, the answer is no, and thank God the hostages were released on January 20th, 1981, after 444 days in captivity. Holy crap. But- On November 8th of 1979, so I'm going back at the beginning of of the the Iranian hostage crisis, ABC TV had a really smart idea. In order to compete with Johnny Carson at NBC, who was the king of late night, ABC created a program that was about 25 to 30 minutes long in the beginning called the Iran Crisis – America held hostage, which only focused on the Iranian hostages, no other news. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a news program specifically dedicated. This is groundbreaking. Because think about it, that was not the norm back then. You either were going to cover the event in the full day like Watergate or Kennedy's assassination, or you were going to like wait, you were going to put something in the morning paper and then do the story at night. But that was it. There was no more talking about it. So now they're going to bring on talking heads. And now they're going to talk about, here's a person who knows Iranian embassies, and here's the person that's communicating. And so now all the stuff that we're so familiar with today, this The Iran crisis America held hostage, which, by the way, I should say, turned into Nightline.
2: The program
0: was so successful they kept it going, and they just called it Nightline. Now, a year before the crisis began in 1979, Atlanta mogul Ted Turner had the idea of doing a 24-hour news network. Why wait for the morning paper? What if you missed Walter Cronkite at night? No worries. The cable news network had your back. June 1st, 1980, CNN launched, and it was there. But people were still waiting for the newspaper or the news broadcast. They didn't need the news in the middle of the workday. It would take a massive event to justify 24-hour coverage of an event. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's kind of like, well, what it, I'm fine. Like, I get it in the morning and I get it at night. What is this really covering?
1: It's just so funny to me now, like nowadays, with how there's, what, seven, eight, ten different cable... 24-hour news stations oh i would
0: say even more you than know, that but, but that's yeah. just
1: like on cable now with like online and oh YouTube. absolutely I mean, it's just
0: it's just it's just so funny to think that people are going like why do i need that much news well what's and one of the, this is why i keep going back to the idea that i think the 24-hour news network has pretty much destroyed society is, is because prior to that editors had to look at a day's events and go we can only fit 60 minutes of this sure. on the air yeah. so what's what do we what's the most important and what are the most important details and now because they they always have like breaking news breaking news breaking news you don't get the whole story everything sort of has an equality to it yeah. that doesn't help so anyway like i said no one was really wa- cnn was there no one was like overly watching it per se you were still getting your news from the newspaper you were still getting the news from the news broadcasts However, sadly, on January 28th, 1986, CNN finally got the 24-hour coverage event they had been waiting for. After a few days of delays, if we remember, the Challenger space shuttle was going to be launched, and in it would be ordinary citizen Krista McAuliffe, a young teacher. Now, everyone wanted to watch this moment. And CNN was the only one that was going to broadcast the launch. Nobody else was. So TVs were rolled into classrooms. NASA did set up private like stations for people to watch if you didn't want to watch CNN. People lugged portable televisions to work, all to watch this majestic moment of an ordinary citizen that's going into space. And like I said, CNN was the only network to provide live coverage wow. of the event. Now, as we remember from history, tragically, the shuttle exploded after taking off, killing all those on board. But remember... If you're looking at that in that moment and you don't have a crystal ball, maybe they survived and maybe we're going to wait to see them emerge from the water and be rescued. And what caused the explosion and what do we tell all these children who just watched this event on television live every minute of news counted. Now, all the networks covered it, but they eventually had to go back to their regular programming. They just had to because what's there's nothing They realized pretty soon the astronauts had died. They realized regardless of whatever caused this to explode, it wasn't a terrorist attack. So there really was no, like, story per se left. Yeah. But people were hungry to unite together before chat rooms with this, like, tragedy that was going on. There was no new updates. No, but they wanted updates. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't... Yeah, I get what you're saying. This was a shared trauma. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone at the same time, children are watching seven people die in front of you. Mm-hmm. So people wanted the more information, and they turned to CNN, which could cover the story day and night. Eventually, people knew the astronauts died, the shuttle was a faulty O-ring, and people move on with their lives. Also, the event uh, was a what-happened event, and there was no real big chance that you know anything was going to change with that. Once they realized the story had settled and people had moved on, People stopped watching CNN again. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. sort of just the way it goes. Until baby Jessica went down the well. When baby Jessica first went down the well, it really wasn't big news beyond the local area. They'll get her out, not to worry, but they couldn't get down into the well. Well, maybe she died during the fall. They can hear her down there singing and talking to herself. Her number one song, Winnie the Pooh. So here was a news story About an adventure, a child in trouble, Mm -hmm. anxious parents who are only 18 and 17, parents who were guilty that had she not taken the phone call, the baby wouldn't have fallen in the first place. Will they be able to get into the well before it's too late? This is this perfect storm of a story. Does that make sense? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone is now. Is she gonna? Will they get her out? Will she survive? Yeah. Challenger, unfortunately, like I said before, it was pretty instantaneous. It was instantaneous. Now CNN, which could afford to do around the clock viewing, got a team over to the well, and that is exactly what people wanted to see. So when they get over to the well, once they assessed that baby Jessica was still alive, they needed a way to get to her. The thought was, if because remember that that's a it's an eight inch hole and it's 22 feet down. Who's going to get down there? The thought was if they could drill a hole parallel to the well, right, then they were going to dig a connective tunnel between the two holes. So it kind of looks like an H. Yeah, They could easily get Jessica out. Great. It's going to be a couple of hours, but let's see what we can do. So local oil drillers eagerly volunteered their equipment, and they began the dig down. It seemed like all was going to be well, except the well was covered by rock, And the jackhammers that they were using were really for vertical, not horizontal drilling. So they couldn't make the tunnel to her. They can get down to her. They can't get over to her because also they're stone. So maybe, baby Jessica's not going to survive. President Reagan makes a broadcast about it. What started to happen is this is a tragedy that was absolutely made by television because when she went down... It came across in the local Midland, like police scanners and stuff, baby down the well. And then as time went on and they realized it was a little bit more of a news story, CNN, which was already in that south part anyway, was so close and able to get down there and start filming. Mm -hmm. So this is really a television story. This This story, when you read it, is not as interesting. You have to see it live. You have to see this live uh, in front of you. And that's exactly what people wanted. So on that, when President Reagan made his speech, he said everybody in America became godmothers and godfathers of Jessica while this was going on. And honestly, people felt that way. Oh, I'm sure everyone was invested because if you're a kid, you think about yourself in that situation. If you're a parent, you go, what would happen if my kid did that? So anyway, so poor baby Jessica, she's still down in the well. Baby Jessica's friend soon became officer Andy Glasscock who spent most of the time laying on his stomach, listening to Jessica through a microphone. They took a reporter's microphone and like, Put it down the well so they could hear her to see if she was still alive. He heard her cry. He heard her call for mommy and then sing Winnie the Pooh to herself. And then, when he didn't hear things for a long time to make sure she was still alive, he would yell down, What does the cat say? And then she, you would hear faintly coming up the well, Meow. And then, What does the fox say? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the time has come. Yes. This Was a Thing is going off the air.
0: What? April Fool's. (laughs) Ray, you made my heart leap faster than a slammer hitting a pod.
1: No, no, no. Don't worry, folks. We ain't going nowhere. And in order to ensure that, friends, we
0: need your help. Our podcast is entirely self-produced, and we need your help. Now, if you can our little Easter eggs, head on over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search for This Was a Thing. And then you can set a monthly donation, even a dollar a month, helps us your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing which our families are still trying to figure out have a great june it's april you little fool really dude Now, the rescuers decided to keep cameras away by coordinating off the area. So the only way reporters could see in was on ladders. They stood on top of them and refused to leave in case they missed the moment Jessica's body, alive or dead, was removed from the well. This is from the New York Times. Quote, once territory was staked with a ladder, it had to be protected. Leaving for the bathroom meant risking a prime spot unless you found someone to guard your ladder. While you were gone For blocks around the site Neighbors filled every available coffee pot And left them on their front steps for the reporters Along with boxes of donuts Sandwiches and cold drinks Some let strangers with press passes Use their showers, sleep on their couches Borrow their telephones The ones who arrived near the end Had no hope of actually fitting into the yard Or seeing anything firsthand. They sat in nearby living rooms And watched events unfold on television Then called their editors with updates that were really unnecessary since their editors were also tuned to CNN. <laughs> now, eventually, wow. a mining engineer showed up and uh, he took over the operation. And there was a new tool involved called a water jet cutter, which they think would now be able to make that tunnel. But still, nothing because to, with this water jet cutter, it only removed an inch of material every hour. Oh my God. So, after an hour of use, they had only gotten one inch closer. To making a tunnel for baby Jessica. This does not look good. This does not look good because even even though she survived the fall, they don't know if she has spinal injuries. How are they going to get food down to her? How are they going to get water down to her? She's 18 months old. She won't know. You know what I mean? At least Floyd no, Collins yeah. was an adult. So I think now people are starting to go. Uh, th- there has to be a miracle. Now, there was a paramedic in Midland, and we're going to know a lot about him. His name was Robert O'Donnell. He heard about what was going on in his own town, and he also thought it was going to be a quick rescue. But as time lingered on, he realized he had to go help and get her out of there. So when he got done with work, he drove to the well, entered the scene, and stayed there then for the next 24 hours. No sleeping, no nothing 24 hours of trying to get baby Jessica out of the wheel. When he got there, the scene was hectic. Reporters, trucks were setting up new phone lines. There were contortionists who showed up and said that they could get themselves into the hole to free baby Jessica. Um, the hole, the hole itself, was covered with the microphone. There was a hose blowing oxygen to her, a pipe blowing heat to keep her warm. All just trying to keep this poor little 18 month old alive. After forty-five hours of her being oh trapped God. in a well, forty-five hours of being trapped in a well, the hole was finally complete. The H, the, the tunnel that connected the two columns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone had to go in and grab little baby Jessica. CNN scored one of its highest ratings for a single fifteen-minute period. This was going to be the period in which they were going to bring baby Jessica up, and uh, three point one million households. Dang. We're watching this. 3.1 million households. I just want to give you a little example of um, what people were hearing on television. But it looks as though Jessica McClure is about to see an end to her
3: ordeal. We're going to switch now live to my colleague, Mike Monfrem, who has been standing by in Midland, Texas, for the past two days. Mike?
2: Ted, the feeling is absolutely electric. This is the moment, they hope the moment, that they've been just, just dreaming of. Um, There are, we believe, two paramedics down in the hole. They are receiving instructions from a pediatrician up above. The little tiny stretcher is down inside, and we're praying that Jessica is going to come up and that she's going to be okay. Now, Ted, I have seen smiles from people who are closest to the uh, hole, and that certainly is a good sign. The
0: first volunteer to go down to get baby Jessica was a contractor, roofing contractor, named Ron Short, because Ron was born without collarbones. And he's like, I can concave concave my my shoulders so that way I can fit through the hole. And they were like, the resistors were like, that's a nice party trick, but no. You're going to freak the baby out. You're going to freak the baby out. So it was turned over to paramedic Robert O'Donnell, who volunteered. Now, O'Donnell had a lot of pressure on him. One false move and baby Jessica could perish and the whole world is watching you. No pressure. No pressure. Everyone sat glued to their televisions. And it felt like a hush had fallen across the world as everyone waited. At noon on the third day, the drillers stopped. The reporters clung to their ladders and everybody watched as O'Donnell, uh, six foot 145 pounds with a mining light strap to his head. They lowered him by a cable harness down the shaft. He did not tell them he was claustrophobic, which is a little bit of a problem. Uh, He laid down on his back and he was able to wriggle himself head first through the cross tunnel with his arms out in front of him. So like trying to make yourself like an eye position, right? And the wiggle back. upside down snake. Yeah, and the air was wet and he was bathed in sweat uh, automatically. Later, he would tell reporters it was like trying to slither through a tightly wrapped sleeping bag, and he said it was just agonizing down there. I mean, claustrophobia, the physical pressure on your chest. He said you really felt like you were in a grave. He got down there, and he could see that one of Jessica's feet was dangling down towards him, but the other was out of sight. Wedged near her head so she was like in a split position and he said uh, i'm here to help you and he called her juicy He said juicy i'm here to help you because that was the nickname her parents had given her So it was a way to establish trust like Mm -hmm. right at the beginning He asked her to move her leg she did he was like great She doesn't have any spinal injuries and when he, he tried to tug her foot She didn't budge she was wedged in too tight and he didn't have enough room to maneuver He cursed, he prayed, he became resigned to the fact that he would have to leave so the Duggars could widen the tunnel and he promised he he would come back. He promised her he would come back. He almost wasn't allowed to make a second try because doctors on the scene said he's too distraught to go back in there. So imagine you're watching this, you know he goes down, he comes back up and she's not there. Yeah, yeah. So now more people are tuning in to see what's gonna go on. Eventually, what he came up with, he used KY jelly and the rubber-tipped leg of a photographer's tripod, and he gently prodded and pulled using – he was pulling Jessica by her baby pants. He was like, that's how I'll Mm -hmm. maneuver her out. It took him more than an hour inching her – out of the hole. It was almost like an obstetrician delivering a child, according to the New York Times. Now, if you're watching on television, all you, the TV audience, can see are the faces of the men looking into the hole waiting for news. Nowadays, it'd be like, here's a helicopter. Here's a drone. We've got a reporter in the hole. We've got a reporter in the hole. We gave Baby Jessica a cell phone. Baby Jessica's using her cell phone. First
1: tweet from Baby Jessica coming out. <laughs> Hot down here. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Oh, she's she just tweeted. Winnie the Pooh, folks. Then...
0: All their faces, the the people trying to rescue, they disappeared. And all the audience saw was the back of heads. So you just saw the backs of these people's heads all looking down a hole. You couldn't see in the hole as an audience. And you don't know what they were seeing. And you were waiting. He could have come up with a body. He could have come up and she was alive. We don't know what he's going to come up with. When all of a sudden, a fist triumphantly was raised in the air by one of the Uh, Rescuers and up came O'Donnell and baby Jessica, and she was alive. Here is uh, the rescue moment now.
3: Here she comes. There's clapping. (laughs) Live and direct from Midland, Texas, Jessica McClure is up. She's alive. What a
0: fighter. And at the moment she emerged, photographer Scott Shaw of Odessa American snapped a picture of her. And that picture won the 1988 Pulitzer Prize for Spot News Photography. Wow. Baby Jessica was handed to Steve Forbes, a paramedic, and rushed to the hospital. And God bless the young, all that needed to happen to baby Jessica, they just had to remove one toe because of gangrene, and she has a tiny scar on her forehead. There were about 15 surgeries following the incident, but overall... No, yeah. I mean, all Uh, she lost was a toe, and she has a tiny scar. For 18-month-old. No, she spent 36 days in the hospital. All the doctors donated their time that worked on her. Oh, wow. And all she had left was a bill of $50,000, but as you heard... Parents didn't have insurance, so doctors anonymously pitched in to pay the $50,000 medical bill. Now, when this started to happen, people across the country called the hospital wanting updates. As soon as she fell into the hole and people heard the story of the parents and they were dirt poor and all that stuff, they decided to set up a trust fund for her. And by the time she emerged from the hole, this trust fund had $700,000. Holy smokes. Now, even though baby Jessica had emerged, Robert O'Donnell, Stayed underground after he got her out. He was too overcome to face the crowd. Oh, wow. But he did come out and he took part in some of the parades. And we're going to talk a little bit about him more later on. So like I said, the actual rescuing of her, I feel, is one of those things you probably had to have been there in the moment. It's still wonderful when you see everyone united getting this young girl no, yeah. out and you and when you look at the video, this isn't a rescue team. These are like strangers, random people, all trying to come up with the best idea to save this little girl. And I don't know Maybe 9-11, like when you've seen a, a country so united by one thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know if we would ever, we'll ever see anything like this again. So baby Jessica recovered. She led a normal life, not even realizing or remembering what had happened to her until she watched a special later on in life about a baby Jessica who fell down a well. And then she realized it was her. Oh, my God. Um, her parents divorced in 1990 and when she turned 25 in 2011 she received her trust fund that was established by tons of people during the time. Unfortunately much much of it was lost during the 2008 stock market crash. Today she's still in Texas and happily married with two kids of her own.
3: The term baby Jessica it is still an everyday thing. I have people that that's how they associate me. I actually um, told a lady the other day at work that I was the little girl that fell in the well and she was like, oh my gosh, your baby Jessica. And I was like, yes ma'am. I'm hoping that for my children as they get older, to learn from the historic event that has happened in my life, to always be humble, to never forget where you came from and to realize that you can't take life for granted. You really can't because then at any point in time, it could be gone.
0: So today, baby Jessica lives in Texas and happily married with two kids of her own. Her parents, Chip and Sissy, like I said, they were teens and they tried to do the right thing, but got harassed. At just about every single turn, because once they got the money for the trust fund, the idea was technically, I mean, they could do anything they wanted with the money as long as it benefited baby Jessica. So they bought a bigger house. They bought a faster car. Then people in the town said, well, where's the money going? You know, why are you buying stuff with Jessica's money? That led me to to a really interesting thing here, which is this is a 17 and 18 year old that are trying to do the best they possibly can. You know, you're not expecting to be international news. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. These are people that are just quietly living their lives. Her kid could have died. She's feeling guilty about what she did. And suddenly, because of things like the 24-Hour News Network and where, pe- where pundits can come on and express their opinion, suddenly everyone's questioning, what is your parenting skills like? And why did she leave her? Why did she leave the baby alone? And suddenly that starts to become the cycle where we feel because we're so involved watching it that we know everything that's going on in these people's lives and we comment on it. Mm-hmm. I think that some people might argue, well, don't we do that with celebrities? Yes, but I think a celebrity knows what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, all the celebrities that are like, no, my private life should be private. That's sure, yeah, but it's not. Yeah. So I don't know what to tell you. And the and the public that's loving you, they're the ones that are paying your bills right now. But for people like Sissy and Chip, where it's private. I, they did the best they could. They took an ad out in the local paper saying thank you to everyone. So that's one thing that I think has also come out of this. So first of all, it's we've we've got the twenty four hour news cycle that is really kicking it in, off into gear with baby Jessica, and then on top of that, you also have the story of people like butting in saying this is what should have happened, why did this happen, where is that money going, when it's not any of your business, and not realizing that there are human beings behind these comments. Now, because this is the third part of today's episode, because she was a baby, the true star of the event, the one who could describe it in the most detail, became her rescuer. Robert O'Donnell. Now, Andy Warhol's 15 minutes of fame theory applied here because before O'Donnell was home, reporters were outside his door clamoring for interviews and photographs. And it was very tricky for him because this man lived a very quiet, obscure life. He's a firefighter. In Midland, Texas, or paramedic in Midland, Texas, and he only got that job somewhat recently because he was doing something else and that company dissolved. So he, he was sort of new to all of this, and suddenly he's thrown onto television. He went home, the phone was ringing consistently, consistently, consistently. He was so overstressed he had a migraine. He unplugged all the phones, went to bed, woke up the next morning, plugged them in, and they all started ringing again. Everyone wanted to talk to Robert O'Donnell. And this is going to be something that I think we want to remember a little bit later on as we go, go through this. So now he's going on to Oprah. He's meeting Vice President Bush. He became the guest of honors at dinners all across the United States with, with the wealthiest people. but the problem was think about it if they invite you out you ever hear that expression like a story to dine out on mm mm-hmm. right the story that they want him to tell over and over it's just and over heartbreaking. again heartbreaking is a trauma yeah. Is a trauma. Yeah. Every time they ask him to relive the trauma, it's not helping him psychologically. Oh, absolutely. Right? No way. And that's the other thing I think which we we forget, which is we always want the story from some of these people, and we realize that they they don't they haven't processed anything yet. And as much as we want to know and have our answers fulfilled, you have to let these people process, mm-hmm. right? Which is not what they did. Now I will also say. The 15 minutes of fame thing is very alluring because Robert O'Donnell then finds himself wanting to be the center of attention. Oh, geez. Wanting to go to these dinners, wanting to go to Oprah, telling people he was going to be an actor, that he was going to become a star and go off to Hollywood. A lot of the other rescuers didn't didn't answer any. They were like, no, we don't want to talk about it. She's out. We're all moving on with our lives. Not him. There was going to be, obviously, a TV movie, Mm -hmm. if not a movie, about the baby Jessica story, right? Drew Barrymore as Jessica. As Sissy. (laughs) No, it ended up starring Patty Duke. Oh. And not as baby Jessica. And Bo Bridges. I, I only watched part of it, and I was like, I think I'm okay. But, of course, this is a story in the public domain, so there's rival movie producers that are all looking to, like, get these people's permission to film the story. That meant that the rescuers formed two rival associations. Oh, my God. One was called the McClure Rescue Association, and that was made up of public employees, including Robert O'Donnell, who was the president. Then... On the other side, there was the Jessica McClure Rescuers Association, which was made up of the 37 volunteers who brought equipment and did the manpower. Each group had its own set of bylaws, et cetera, et cetera, and each of them had their own lawyer. And each agreed on three things, that it was a shame that they had to fight like this, that their group story was the story, and that they were interested only in the quality of the movies. It was the others, they said, that was interested in the money. <laughs> they did make a movie of it, and the movie was called everybody's baby. Here's the commercial for it.
3: Jessica! Answer me, Jessica! My baby.
1: Emergency rescue unit. A Eighteen-year-old child has fallen down. Oh, rescue well, efforts well. are intensified.
0: At this hour, we need the miracles that yeah. we need.
3: It took a little faith, a little courage, and a little girl to bring a nation together. Miracles do happen. Bo Bridges, Patty Duke... Based on a true story, Everybody's Baby, the Rescue of Jessica
0: McClure, Sunday. You're going to watch it, right? I mean, I, I do love about Bridges. I love him, too. Now, Robert O'Donnell loved this movie and got to meet with the person that was playing him and all that stuff. And they gave him a non-speaking part as a reporter. And so the night that the movie came on, he asked like to switch shifts with someone so he could be at home with his family watching it. And he had a huge party and everyone gathered around the TV to watch him as the non-speaking reporter because he said this is going to be it's going to launch him to start him. But before he left, his chief remembered t- telling him, Robert, why don't you climb off the pedestal before you fall? Because this is getting a little crazy. You can't make a living as America's hero. Life goes on. Go on with yours. That's what his... Sure. Which is actually pretty good advice. He gathered everyone around the television and didn't see himself and kept saying, it's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. Never came up. They cut him out of the movie. Oh, wow. On the outside, he was like, well, isn't that a bummer? But on the inside, that just absolutely destroyed him. And... Like all things, we know this, you know, pretty soon after baby Jessica, there's an election and then there's the war. You know what I mean? And so as time goes on, we get consumed with other events and that means it sort of all fades into obscurity. And Robert O'Donnell did not want to go back to a life of obscurity. He called People Magazine, seeing if they would do interviews with him. He Reached out to publishers saying, would you please publish my autobiography? All of this, as well as the rejection from the film, getting cut out of the film, that didn't help matters. And nor did it help that he suffered from crippling migraines, which reemerged in his life after the film incident. Oh, God. This led to a drug problem, a divorce, and... In 1995, he was watching footage of the Oklahoma City bombing. And if you remember, there's a very iconic image from that. It's a firefighter holding, I think the baby has passed, but a bloody deceased baby. And that triggered something in Robert O'Donnell. And what he said to uh, the people in the room while they were watching was, he goes, when those rescuers are through, they're going to need lots of help. I don't mean for a couple of days or weeks, but for years. A couple of days later, he went outside and he killed himself. So obviously, Robert O'Donnell had serious you know, mental health yeah. issues, and it was clear that he had PTSD from this event, which the media consistently exploited if unknowingly. Speaking of the media, we will discuss the effects of Baby Jessica on the way we still consume news today. This was a thing, this was a thing. And now, and this is a sketch.
3: Hi, I'm Dwayne Rogers. And are you looking to put a well in your backyard or maybe make some money if maybe your baby falls into it? Well, legally we can't do that, but if you called us and we did that, then it just happened to happen. Not intentionally, of course. We could do that for you. Our wells are not OSHA compliant by choice, a choice protected by the great country of Texas and Governor Jesus himself. Now, these wells are 40 feet longer than the one baby Jessica fell in, but they are equipped with cameras, microphones, a cooler, and a portable television in color so that way your baby stays hydrated and entertained while you call the local TV stations. And for a small fee, you can charge people to watch the cameras from the comfort of their own trailers. Now, if your little one isn't as precocious, no worries. We can install booby trap springs that when your baby runs on it, it catapults Junior in the air and straight down the hole. It's like watching Tony Great complete a pass. Beautiful. I can say that. I seen it. The baby flying in the air, not Tony the Great. Oh, sure would like to, though. Sure would. Now, if you act now, we can install this media sensor so as soon as your baby hits the bottom of the padded well, an alert goes out to all reporters, journalists, and good Samaritans with unlimited thoughts, prayers, and financial resources. Call me now at Dwayne Rogers Emporium of Wells. Remember, if it ain't Dwayne's, It ain't well.
0: Thank you. This was a sketch. Today, we now have consistent 24-hour news, which is all because of things like the Baby Jessica event. Yes, the Challenger was pretty big, of course, but in the Challenger, like I had said earlier, it was very clear what had happened pretty soon. Mm-mm. Baby, Jessica, will she get out? Will she not get out? Is I mean, everyone becomes Monday morning quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, we've got this idea of everyone commenting on the personal lives of everyone that's going on. And I'm sure that happened before, but I think there's a difference between you commenting on it privately, which also I don't think is very good, and bringing on pundits from I mean, look at like the stuff that that happened with Britney Spears recently. Oh yeah, how many people that have never met this woman a day in their life came on and talked about her personality and what she's going through? You don't know these people. No. You don't know these people or you can look at some other things where the the people are more ordinary, where it's not, you know, somebody like Britney Spears. It's like a celebrity. I mean, think of all the different murder trials that we've had with people like Scott Peterson and Casey Anthony, where people were talking about, you know, these are what the parents were like and this is what the kids are like. And everyone has to put their two cents in. Everyone has their own soapbox. Everyone has their own soapbox. But there was something about the baby Jessica event, which is I think they wanted those parents to react differently than the way they reacted. And I think they felt shame on you. You didn't watch your kid and this is what happens. So thank God we're here. We'll give you money. And I can't believe you're not spending it the way, like the way you're supposed to be spending it. So I think there was some sort of anger and resentment, probably also a little envy. Yeah. Which is these people didn't have to do anything and they just got $700,000. Mm-hmm. So I think there's those elements which are still with us today that baby Jessica really exploited. Oh, sorry, that not baby Jessica herself, but the situation started and exploited. And then, of course, we have the, the idea that now everything is 24-hour news. And after baby Jessica was CNN, CNN, like this made them. The challenger thing put them on the map. And then this was just like, yeah, we can do this all the time because then they would do it for the Iraq war. They would do it for the OJ Simpson trial. And now, because like you said at the beginning of this, there's so many news networks. Now, every single news network has to find a way of keeping someone over to them. So all you see is breaking news, breaking news. And you go, and you stop because if you're of my age, you remember when breaking news was actually yeah. Breaking news. But it'll be like, breaking news. Breaking news.
1: Gas prices
0: continue to yes, go up. Yes, 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 yes. Breaking news. Joe Biden's still president. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And because of that, we now as a, as a nation, one, have two different paths when it comes to news because – If you're conservative, you follow Fox News. And if you're liberal, you follow MSNBC. But so you're living literally into two different realities Mm -hmm. in which there is no common ground.
1: But then there's even offshoot to that, like One American News Network, Newsmax. I mean, they're the – they they are – filling the the void of the big lie, you know what i mean? And yes, they're putting and, all that,
0: you know. So yeah. And they also have to sensationalize and, things. And, but
1: they know that they have a tar- they have an audience that they can, you know, cater to and say all the stuff that people
0: want to hear from quote unquote newsworthy people. And what's also co- I mean what's nice for networks i'm assuming is as they go we don't have to cover this event. Yeah. You know, we, we can still get our ads at, we can still do our shows that get revenue. With Anderson commercials. Cooper will cover it. Yeah, Anderson Cooper will cover it. And if it's really bad, they'll they'll break through. Yeah. But also people are probably so sick of bad news that the networks are like, We're not gonna air any of this. Come back to us. Yeah. Come back to us. And then finally, the last thing I wanted to mention, which is the way we treat heroes in the news cycle, which is these people were not prepared to become stars. Now today everybody Wants to be a star, right? Everybody mm. has, a, you know, the TikTok, Instagram, all that's, I said the TikTok, TikTok, Instagram, the TikTok, the Instagram. Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, the book of face. Like everyone wants to be a star, but you're not really prepped for the psychology of what is that stardom going to be like. Mm-hmm. Cause this man literally went from nobody, imagine, you know, you're sitting at home one day and then literally 10 hours later, CNN, NBC, you have cameras all outside your front lawn. How do you cope with that? How do you cope with that? And then what happens when they go away? Mm-hmm. And how to go back on with your own life. So I feel like those people that become the media stories, like those individuals that somehow like pop up, Stormy, I don't know why I can only think of Stormy Daniels, and I don't know why that's that's probably not the best example. Sully Sullenberger. So, oh, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one from uh, who who did the plane. Mm-hmm. First of all, let him deal with the tragedy, the trauma of he almost died. Then phasing him into the world of celebrity. And like, what can he talk about? What can't he talk about? You know, how do you then deal with those aspects? How do you deal with that? I think there's an idea now. And I think baby Jessica sort of emphasized it, which is just because it's on TV, I automatically have a right to know everything mm-hmm. because this camera is in their backyard it is now part of my life and my fabric and I can have an opinion on it Mm -hmm. when sometimes you don't need an opinion. So anyway, like I said, going into this, I honestly was like, Oh, it's going to be such an interesting story about like how they like dug down the well and how they did this. And then the, and the, and the and I was like, no, what's interesting to me is how it was covered. And then what happened to the hero of the story who was forgotten by time. Yeah. And the desperation to still cling to that stardom. He did his job. Yeah. You know what I mean? He did his job. His job is to rescue people. He rescued someone. He saved a life. He did his job. So why does there have to be more than that? And obviously, I think he had a lot of mental health issues that went by untreated. Oh, sure. So like I said, that's the story of baby Jessica and how it changed uh, media today. So the next time you watch CNN or Headline News or Fox or MSNBC, you can give a big thank you to baby Jessica. Thanks, baby Jessica. And also, whoever called sissy... We're gonna talk. <laughs> Daniel put a phone ring here. Ooh, I gotta go. <laughs> but before I do, you wanna play a game? Yeah, as long as we play by the well.
2: This was a thing
1: and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz. Girl.
0: With Mark Schroeder. So Mark, I'm assuming you're not old enough to remember baby jessica
2: no only in retrospect later in retrospect i i noticed there was such drama such heartbreak such ratings am i right you guys covered how this this saga was ratings gold it was 24 hour news cycle it was indeed i mean i sure bet that they wish it would have lasted longer than just the 56 hours that she was down in that well right but I, I wonder what other news stories lasted that long to keep the viewers riveted. Uh. And today we're going to find out with a little game called, well, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> Robin and Ray, you guys are going to work together on this game. That okay. means it's a hard one. Whenever I put oh, you together, no. you know Great, it's a no. tough one. I'm going to name a famous news story or historical event. Uh huh. You guys are going to work together to determine if that event in total lasted more or less than the 56 hours that baby Jessica was down in the well. Okay. Okay. I've got ten events here You gotta get seven right Or you're both going down In that well Okay Oh great Uh, And then I have a joke here That says it puts the lotion On its skin (laughs) (laughs) So You got uh, us So yeah (laughs) Yeah So here we go. Apollo 11's return flight from the moon to Earth. Yeah, I would say less. Less? That's more. That was 70 hours and 56 minutes, just less than uh, three days. About three days to get back from the moon. That's almost 71 hours. Almost 71. I
3: thought the 405 was bad.
2: Didn't they want to move closer? (laughs) They get great rent. Uh, Charles Lindbergh flies the Spirit of St. Louis across the Atlantic in 1927. I mean, I want to say sure, less. I would, hope, I would hope less. Yeah. That is less. That's 34 hours. It was, wow. That's still pretty long. That's a lot of gas. 1927, yeah. He did have a layover in Dallas-Fort Worth. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. DF-Dub is and one of the, the best connecting. places to have a layover. He
0: missed his connecting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they lost his luggage. And they lost How the can they lose his luggage? I'm <laughs> the only customer. <laughs> uh, the luggage, they mean his kid. Um, and, sir, just so, fill this form out. Sir, just fill the form out. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, the Battle of Gettysburg. Longer. More. That was three days. That was three days long. It was a good weekend. It was a good long weekend. <laughs> yeah. Long. Yeah. Nice fun three-day weekend. The length in hours of one day on Pluto. That I would not know the answer I'm going to
1: say longer.
2: More. Yes, it's 153 hours. It's about 6.4 of our Earth days is one day on Pluto. The length of time the Titanic was at sea after leaving Southampton before it sank more longer more you're right it was out for 137 hours about 5.7 days before it went down average lifespan of a mayfly uh less sure less yeah it's about 24 hours they live a day and then they're dead and they're gone gone but not forgotten never i have ideas like that the 2005 audiobook release of leo tolstoy's war and peace oh jeez Let's say longer. Yes, 61 hours and Jeez. 6 minutes, just a smidge. 5 hours more. So you could you wouldn't get the end of it, but you could listen to the whole if wow. you were down in the well you could listen to the whole audiobook of War and Wait, Peace. Wait, give me
3: five more hours. You just wouldn't get I, it, this
2: is really this is really riveting. You just wouldn't get the five This is really great, Mom. Just, I just want to get to the peace part. Just shine a light. <laughs> just shine a light so I can read. Yeah. <laughs> uh here we go. Number eight. You guys are crushing us. I think we got? Six out of seven so far. Here's number eight. According to Forbes in twenty eighteen, the length of time it would take you to drive coast to coast across the continental United States.
1: You would know better than me. Say it one more
2: time. According According to Forbes, in 2018, the length of time it would take you in hours... Less than. ...to drive. Yes, 45 hours. About six eight-hour days, they say. Really? Yeah, less than. Number nine, the length of Britney Spears' 2004 marriage to childhood friend Jason Alexander. Oh, I I think that's less. That is less. By one hour. That was 55 hours. Wow. The total running time of all theatrically released live-action Batman films to date.
1: All theatrically released Batman films.
2: Live action Batman films to date. I'm going to say less. It is. I did the calculations. About 33 out. You could watch them all down there if you had an was, iPad. Was the Adam West Batman film released in theaters? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. And then there's some serials too in the forty, But still, it's only 30. You could take all your Batman. It's not going to be enough. You could watch it all and you'd still have about half a day of well time down, yeah. down there.
0: I was thinking... which means you can rewatch some of the Adam West ones okay. like the ones with Lola Lasagna you could watch Louis the show yeah, that would probably get you there the show yeah. would get you out the, the show would get you out, out. pretty fast <laughs> Yeah. well thanks for that buddy uh, <laughs> you're welcome get out of that well and get on with your life <laughs> and thanks and so if you remember the baby Jessica saga what a sad story oh my gosh and the next time someone happens to be a, a local real life hero don't pressure them so much I'm gonna ask you a trivia question there's two famous baby Jessicas in history this is one of them the girl who fell down the well. Who was the other famous baby Jessica in history? Mm. It was, and I'll give you a clue. She's involved in a legal dispute. So maybe, what was the legal dispute about?
2: Ah, uh, was this. Um I don't think they would have released the name. Was this a surrogacy related? Yes. Thing? Very good. This is the first surrogacy dispute case. Yes. In 1980. I don't know. I, I don't know oh, the year. I forget but the name. My God, yeah, that was a, great. It's yes. a surrogacy dispute over the surrogate wanted to keep the yes. child. They had to grant the parental rights to the legal parents.
0: Jesus, Mark, acting like oh I don't know,
2: and then he's a fucking expert uh, on it.
0: Let me see, uh. Mark. Were you baby Jessica? Oh, man, I got no way with it too. <laughs> if it weren't for you meddling
2: kids. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa!
0: <laughs> that was a twist we didn't see coming. Wow! You want to hear about more twists? Where can they go? Right? <laughs> oh boy! Uh, uh, Instagram.
1: This was a thing. Pod. Tons of tons of pictures, uh, videos. Uh, you can go to the website www.thiswasathing.com, or patreon.com Com slash ThisWasAThing. Old Lucy level five bucks a month Get you tons and tons and tons of great stuff. Oh my god! You're gonna love it. You are gonna love it. You're like John. Love it. (laughs) Get to know me.
0: (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing. And a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cutcut Schwartzberg... Our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reesey. Our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford. Our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing's Too Graphic, to Savia. And finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ThisWasAThingPod, and Facebook we are ThisWasAThingPodcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors, and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon! Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show!